So, Gavis gone for Rennie. <laughs> go! <laughs> um, I'll go for Rennie because it's the only one that I've really tried. Because you're a renegade. That was oh! He planted! Oh, ah, I thought of that earlier. You wrote that down. I seen you, I seen you yeah, writing yeah, that yeah, down. Fucking, no, no, that was off the cuff. Well, that was like uh, what Rosie suggested the other name for that song should be it was uh, Renee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> My aunt is actually called Rini. <laughs> oh, Rini. Oh, yes. Ooh, cheers. <laughs> Sorry. Indubitably. Oh, my God. Yes. Cat. <laughs> um, we got some claps. Caleb. Okay. Like Caleb. The, for the yeah, that's who, that's who he is, and he likes Henry Rowland, so that is the man nice. of the hour. This guy's alright. This g- gal? Guy? That's not really Kelly, is it? I know she's on the live stream somewhere. Kelly G? Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, but she's not G. <laughs> Maybe it's a representative from Kellogg's. Mm. Who hates masturbation yet again? <laughs> Did you know Kellogg's invented the saying breakfast is the more important meal of the day, mm-hmm. but there's no scientific backing for it? Yeah, and it's that, because right. he wanted people to stop masturbating yeah. because they thought that a heavy starch cereal would stop people, would lower people's libido, purposely, and would stop purposely yeah. made cornflakes as a nutrient Whoa. deficient cereal to like make you have lower libido. Yeah, to make you stop <laughs> masturbating because they, 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 they were definitely Christian and they thought that that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, masturbation was a sin. Wow. Yeah. So they didn't have indigestion for two, they had masturbation for zero. Hey, they're also Kel- No, they're Nestle. No, they're they Kellogg's. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, well, I just like my cocoa hoops from uh, fucking Lidl. Chocolate pops for life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the what's the brand? Chocolate cereal, just fucking Don's home brand. Like Weedles, wasn't it? Fucking. No, I don't have Weedles. Sensible chuckles having there. We'd be falling over all the time for you then. Yeah. No balance whatsoever. Let's try and make up the most uh, generic cereal titles we can. Corn. (laughs) Corn hoops. (laughs) Maze. Yeah. It's Gr- it's amazing. Grain too. grain circles. Geometric. Geometric. Can I just have flakes? Default shape. Start. Just uh, just um, in, indeterminate <laughs> flakes. Just 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 flakes. Crunch. <laughs> it's called. It's like flaked. It's like what's the thing that's being flaked? Like, yeah, flaked. No one knows. Just flaked something. <laughs> they're flaked. <laughs> Like for her um, can I have think? a bowl of your farm of your <laughs> from these lucky harms, please? <laughs> <laughs> lucky harms. Um, what was I gonna say? Aye, that was a question. I don't know if you touched on it or whatever. When was the first time you really wanted to play music? Yeah, that's a good question. Mark. When was the first time you? <laughs> <laughs> have you been looking at his notes? I think, I think you touched on um, when. You did really like because then you were. Yeah, yeah, because you did. John, you said that you heard like ACDC and you were like, I want a guitar. So. Yeah. Oh, you just been playing an, just instrument? Playing an instrument? When did you want yeah. to play okay. music really? When was music uh, mm. well, it was such a major influence in your life, I suppose? It, it was always kind of a, a part of my life. Like my, my parents, my mum, I think probably especially, always wanted us to learn. Like 
instruments. I learned tin whistle when I was in uh, primary school. Who didn't? I did. And then, uh, <laughs> Recorder, man. <laughs> but then I played, like, a keyboard, and I think I tried playing accordion uh, at some point. But my mum always was like, it's like, well, she yeah. put a lot of value on it, and she'd be like, you know, it'd be great. If you could learn something. Yeah, it's like, it's like, because she was going from interactions she'd have at like parties or whatever and like someone picks up an instrument and like their life at the party and she wanted that for me mm. which yeah. is which is great yeah but uh i always i was always drawn to guitar like before i was even really into music like i was saying it's like that's it's like, the instrument that yeah there was just something you. like the whole time it's like mm. and my mom would always be like that's that's also very hard to learn here have a keyboard <laughs> I remember having a wee like. I was that was harder. The same, yeah, okay, yeah. That's the same advice I got as well. I don't know. There probably will be listening or whatever. But it was always like, oh, guitar. Wait till you're older and your fingers are stronger yeah. and all this here. Like, yeah. and it was always keyboard as well. It was the first thing for me. Like, and fair enough. Keyboard's all right. Like, but keyboard is good man. to learn if you're. Um... <laughs> well, there you go. That's why I was in Cuban Sounds because uh, those keyboard lessons. Ah, oh. <laughs> I just came up. But it is good. Keyboard um, actually is good to learn, especially if you're, um, like for someone like us, like say for you, um, (laughs) say for you, like um, doing stuff now on the computer and all. Mm. Like it's great to have the knowledge of keyboard, and it's great to have the visualization of the notes on the keyboard and stuff like that. See, I actually always find it backwards because one of the hardest things is I wouldn't have the best of ear when I was playing Mm. in band. Is one of the things I find hardest was because I didn't play it. Or hadn't played a string instrument, I couldn't really, I couldn't really link the two. If you know what I mean, I yeah. find that comprehend string. So I, yeah. so I, I learned a lot of stuff on sheet music. Yeah. At the start, I remember playing like "Don't Cry for Me" Argentina and stuff like that. There, kind of. Fucking but, tune. But um, but uh, but <laughs> I, but man. I could, I could, I could, I could, cover I could uh, but I could never have the uh, when someone was playing like a song guitar bass, I could never like link the notes to to the, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. I had that kind of. And yeah, I'm talking from a, I'm yeah. talking from a very strictly theoretical point of view. Like. Yeah, but um, do you know what I find interesting? Because you touched on there, you said like guitar called for you because I uh, got the idea to write at twenty one randomly. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know where it came from, and I'm kind of sort of writing sporadically since. Yeah. I don't really know why. Yeah, but it's just something that I wanted to do. Even recently, I actually wrote a, a short story based on when I came to Peyton's because I was looking for oh, yeah. a ride. I was just talking about last week, which, yeah. which I was really happy about because it's kind of looking for something right away. Because I've been writing kind of like a a novel, like long term, and it kind of gets kind of like kind of like with work, it's a lot of drudgery, or you kind of going through the same stuff. You're trying to do it, and it's just you just kind of don't want to do it anymore. But you also just need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a painting of Kieran uh, quite quite a while ago, but this yeah. year, about nine months ago, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, decided so this guy just because because what it is, it's kind of like it looks like an kind of an eclipse sun and kind of like a red and yellowish rocks. So I described that and someone like walking along. That's what I used, but I never understood where, like where like where that kind of desire came from. Mm. And it's also would be the same kind of desire of like why you want to play music, but then but not even why you want to play music. Why you would pick a, an instrument because you would yeah. be primarily. A drummer. Now you do play guitar. You do play bass. Mm. You, although you're a bassist, I'm sure you play guitar and stuff like that. Well, but you yeah. would call yourself probably a bassist if someone mm. asked. That's why why you probably call yourself a drummer. Mm. It's kind of interesting. Like, what do you, what do you think about that, fellows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all, that's Um, I know I've was it. I know when I started learning guitar. I was like, when was I, eleven or twelve? 
Oh, because my cousin, my cousin used to play in a band, and I went to see them, and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll play a bit of guitar, like, and I remember even looking, like, I never could play the guitar, and I never, like, copped on that you actually had to, like, press down. Yeah, But there was one defining moment, I remember, where I wanted, like, this was when I wanted to be in a band, like, to play in front of people or whatever, mm-hmm. or it was, like, a battle of the bands, and only got down. And it was like for the No Name Club or something like, and there was a couple of bands there. There was a band from Killybegs, there was a band from the town. All that there, and I seen them up on stage. They're all giving a welly, playing whatever. Like some were playing like Nirvana songs, and there was it was like Arctic Monkeys, like uh, the first album that come out. So everybody was playing like yeah, Tales of San Francisco. Yeah, or like a bit. When the sun goes down and all that there. You're fucking brilliant. And I, I remember having the thought. I, I was bet just that you like, dance on the floor. That was a great tune. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember looking up and just having the thought, and I was just like, I can fucking do that. I, I can love, definitely I do, that. do that. I would yeah. love to do that, mm. like and whatever else. And then just that kind of spurred me on. Like, yeah. yeah, but like I remember chatting about. Oh, yeah, actually. Um, sorry. Uh, do you want to go first? Well, I was just gonna say, like, that is a great. Uh, like I, me and uh, Scott. Jeez, Scott's getting a lot of shoutouts, and he's definitely not. Scott and Chad, listen back to the podcast. But uh, <laughs> like we would, uh, like growing up, fucking going to the nerve center every weekend, pretty that's, much. That's mad. Um, when we were like what sixteen, probably, and like you would see bands, like local bands, or you'd see like English bands. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, and like that, that, like that is so important to have and be able to go. Like you know what. Because I do remember having that feeling too. Mm. Those bands, like, I could do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, I wanted that, or like, want to be where they are. Yeah. Actually, I just remembered something. This is like going way back to whenever I was in secondary school, mm-hmm. and this would been would be my first band, I suppose. And we played at like the Christmas concert at, at school. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but That's afterwards, good. there was like a a guy who was like a couple of years younger than me. I remember him like stopping me outside at lunch something he was like he was like that was class man I started playing guitar and like we're, we're starting a band and everything and it was like that it was like that same thing basically that, that happened to you yeah it's like it's, like it's so it's so valuable just to get up and do stuff because it like someone else gets that feeling then yeah, yeah it's, like, it's class like, what I was going to bring up because we actually said about this in podcast it was all about that thing and I was saying because I only really started like writing like 21 it's like where does that kind of idea can't come from but it was has something to do with uh there's something about that thing that you're doing that you enjoy. Mm. Obviously, as well, if I'm doing something, if I'm like I studied science and I'm working science, there must be something about that enjoy. It's whatever it is about that thing. Yeah, it's kind of like an undescribable thing in the middle that drives you. And although I'm doing science, there's this other thing that I'm doing that I like to do by myself. And I've showed like I think the only thing I've sent is I sent you a whole bunch of random shit. I sent you a gunslinger pom when I wrote mm. when I was drunk, which was very. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's an AA rhymes you know, way through. Uh, but um, there's something about that thing that I remember just enjoying it. it. But there's something about that thing that you enjoy. But it's like um, what I find undescribable is it's the reason why you enjoy it. Like I didn't write. Yeah. I didn't write. I never intended to show that gunslinger poem. No reason calling us because that's what Owen described it as. And I did write it as a guy in a saloon who found out his wife cheated on him. And then goes and shoots the guy. And I was literally drunk one night. Don't know where that came from. But all right, here we go. This is what I'm going with. And But where does that thing come from? Like, can I... Which is... Because yeah. actually what Owen said to me before, which made me feel better about it, was that the idea that you need... Because I was always worried about never being creative. Especially being scientific. Is that uh, being creative is just a need to create. 
but it need to create can expand itself in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Some people will be more musical, some people maybe more writing or something like that there. Mm-hmm. But where does that actually come from? Where do you find a calling? Where do you find a calling for drums? Where do you find a calling for bass? Where do you find a calling yeah. for guitar? Where do you actually like it's it, it's not necessary. Yeah. I don't feel like it's a conscious choice. You don't just go like well maybe some people do, but you don't just go one day, I'm gonna go play guitar mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm gonna write yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna like you know, look at the creator like yeah. spark thing. Yeah. Spark, but I try I to like, I, I try to analyze it a lot just because I, I like to but, but like I, I don't know, just always interested in like uh, understanding like the the philosophy of like creation and stuff like but yeah but like i was imagining yeah. just even if you take it back to what, say, like, the intangibility is part of the beauty of it like mm. but like i always imagine it's like if you take word like say led, led zeppelin i think is a good example it's like like where did oh these guys are still here yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's like where did john bonham decide mm. to play fucking guitar where did jimmy page decide to play guitar and like we define where john paul jones decided to play bass Mm. and then where about plant and then all the vocals and then they define because they, they kind of defined a new kind of like yeah. genre technically that's happened before it's the first start of like the first metal album and stuff like that yeah. but they never really chose that they did develop it it's just an interesting I feel like it's an interesting yeah. to develop yeah it's a good thought experiment because like. even remember we were chatting about um, Smashing Pumpkins last night we were just like you said that you classified it all as like grunge back in the yeah, day like but now we're looking back into it yeah. like, they're not see. grunge because to me grunge is still more or less Nirvana or like yeah, but but I wouldn't like classify when, Smash Muffins and Nirvana when I, the same when I was music. I was saying like whenever I first heard Smash Pumpkins and Soundgarden I was like they were the two main examples I was using mm-hmm. the, of like the epitome of grunge and now I look back it's like there's way more going on there like yeah. they're both way more experimental it's like yeah, but like I would have like, I would have classified uh, the epitome of grunge as like, like Nirvana it was more of like the grunge like that's the definitive yeah. grunge band yeah. but yeah, I but wouldn't like really the classify Smashing Pumpkins or Soundgarden as well like the one of the defining Nirvana, moment, one of the really? defining things mm. in Nirvana was like the loud soft dynamic yeah. and like that's all over Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. and one of the main things about like grunge is like the saturated guitar tone, which is all over Soundgarden. Mm. Like, it's definitely like I I still put it in the same genre, but I just mean looking there's, back now, yeah. I realize there's a lot more experimentation Dude. going on there. A lot more like, nuance. Yeah, yeah. It's like now when I think of Smashing Pumpkins, I think of them as like a punk Floyd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. Yeah. Do what I can. But yeah, it's like that that kind of like there's that. Uh, uh, I was gonna say cinematic. I suppose that is the word, right word. Yeah. That like uh, um, dramatic uh, flair that like Pink Floyd have. Like I think Sam Duncan's gonna have that too. Mm-hmm. And then like yeah, Soundgarden. Like they're they've got weird time signatures all over the place. And yeah. do you want to continue? It was interesting. And like uh, sorry, just to continue. Oh, go, sorry, stop. sorry, I didn't know. Sorry. No, no. Um, like Pear Jam then are like almost like a they're doing what like a Led Zeppelin almost grunge yeah kinda, but yeah. like but now like I think I was saying this last night too was that uh, that was what they were doing basically they were they weren't really breaking new ground sonically a lot of the time but they were adding the punk uh, essential Influences. fucking the vitality of punk to those other song sounds that they loved, hmm. like the like Soundgarden were always people co- were closer to metal and Paradigmer classic rock and Soundgarden or Pumpkins like I say were all were a bit more psychedelic, psychedelic or whatever. Yeah. Like, but they all what they all did was took the the passion of punk and that like fucking 
essential fucking energy and put it to those uh, sounds, yeah. Like, I was going to say, now this is a wee bit of tension, but bring it back. Um, Funnily enough, bring it to OREM and Nirvana. Mm -hmm. Did you know of the weird link between them? You know the song Man on the Moon, the one about Andy Kaufman? I didn't realize it was by Annie Kaufman until yeah. really recently. I was like listening to the lyrics, and I was but like, "But you know the way." Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But you know yeah. the way it goes. Yeah, like when I first heard it, I just thought it was about a man on the moon because I didn't know who yeah. Andy Kaufman was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, like Andy Kaufman wrestling match. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Stipe actually said in an interview recently, but so many years in it, he said at the time, my friend Kurt Cobain had a problem. Uh, not had a problem. Had a had a. Uh, a way of always putting yeah, yeah. In, in the songs yeah. and he went I wanted to make a song with more yeahs in it than <laughs> just for the crack and unfortunately six months later Kirk Bean killed himself oh, but that's actually like what he did but hey, Michael Stipe said in the video like, but I was like I just find it weird to be like my friend Kirk Cobain is like you don't really associate them but at the yeah. same time they yeah, would have been big at the same time yeah. and he was like well, I put I, yeah, yeah 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 I always love uh, fucking that was what Kirk Cobain I love, did I love hearing stories from that time and it'd be like Kurt would call up Michael Stipe. It's like you hear stuff like that, and it's like that's so fucking cool. Like, yeah, it's so cool, like, but it's so weird. Almost, it's not. That but it's, it's like, it, but it's almost. But it's. Like, I think it's just like the idea of a phone call of like they probably would have played gigs together. Yeah. And Oracle would have been like, I must drop a message or whatever. But it's like yeah. they would just be like, oh, hey, yeah, because that's what hey, you did back crying? in the day. Yeah. With, um, fucking before they recorded in utero, Steve Albini said that they were Nirvana were fucking REM with a fuzz box. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you say no, that? Mm. See, but I find it weird because if you took at OREM now, like, because you almost, if you were to ask somebody and they knew who OREM was and who Nirvana was, you'd probably say that they didn't, like, they wouldn't have a link, but it turns mm. out that they actually did know each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's, like, it's kind of, because, well, that, that was a weird thing. Because Nirvana are probably, friends Nir- or something weirdly, like Nirvana are probably as, uh, influenced R.E.M.'s career as much as the other way around <laughs> like yeah, R.E.M. Yeah. would have been a big influence on Nirvana but yeah. then the explosion of Nirvana and that whole alternative rock and grunge thing gave R.E.M. a whole new yeah. fucking lease of life yeah kind of yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's like oh wait this is pretty good stuff and like R.E.M. were already going around for probably nearly a decade before yeah but like uh, but well, they, were, they were they were going since the 80s anyway but, so like yeah but I still always like stuff like that where you like, wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't really be in the same they were in like the they were in the sorry uh, college college radio it was like yeah. R.E.M. and Husker Du were like the two big ones I think they were like rivals kind of in a way That's and fine, both like fine. Husker Du is another big influence on Nirvana mm-hmm. and Dennis Rowe Jr. who uh Fucking the Cocoa Pops monkey you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> like that was all that scene too, and then uh, Pixies as well. They had a, like they're sort of the lead, they're the pregenerators of surfer rock. Yeah, but the, it's a, it's like they're all like uh, it's like they were all having careers, and then like the nineties wave happened, and then yeah. people were like, oh wait, there's loads of good stuff. <laughs> I'll always remember just the. Uh, I don't know why I mean Pixies because they're surfer guys. Me think of uh, kind of Weezer because Weezer always felt like a lead on of uh, the Pixies. But I always yeah. found it I always found it interesting because uh, I'm gonna shoot my own horn here. I kind of showed Kieran of what like Weezer actually kind of was because he only knew like Buddy Holly and like Beverly Hills. Mm. And I remember I showed him like Sweater Song and Say mm. It Ain't So. But I remember sitting there one night in the Grove and I uh, put on Say It Ain't So, and you were like, I always That's thought Weezer was like. Beverly Hills and stuff like that and I was like no 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 like, no, like, no. It's, like, it's like it's like they have like their hits or their like pop there's, songs and then they yeah. have like like fucking their not even that there's like three tiers to them there's like the newer stuff which is just it's the newer stuff then you've got like the blue album where you've got like mm. 
Let's say Buddy Holly and all that there. But then you've got Blankerton. Yeah, yeah. Which is just them at their finest, I think. Oh, like, yeah, they're 100%. just that. And then they got the balls cut off them, and then they just yeah. went off. Well, like, they're, they're, like, the, common, <laughs> the common theory is that like uh, Pinkerton was Rivers Cuomo really pouring his heart out, mm. and then it was really like critically bashed. And yeah. then he was like, not doing that anymore. Yeah, Here's yeah. a song about pork and beans. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the so thing like, is, though, what I do like, and like I do kind of, what like, I like, like, because it's weird too. It's like we just played that fucking uh, heartburn song. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that song was really easy to write, and it kind of it went through. Like whenever I was writing that, I thought of Weezer. Like there's some weird. Uh, do you, do you know the like, story behind pork and beans? No. Uh, no, but uh, just uh, sorry. Uh, um, like. I'm just trying to like uh, sympathize with like that, like an idea that uh, route they went down. Because like that song was really easy to write, and I I felt like no um, self awareness or self uh, what's the word for grandizing. I was just like I, I didn't feel like it didn't feel like any as like. I wasn't exposing myself. There was no like overly personal lyrics in there. Like I just mm, get it out and yeah. be like, that feels good. And I was just thinking of like Weezer, like writing kind of silly songs, and like great, it's still a great song. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and it was just like, it's like yeah. I get it, I get why you wouldn't. It's like after really exposing yourself yeah. and not turning out, I get why you just wouldn't want to do that anymore. Like, but like I'm, I'm like, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Pork and Beans, because Pork and Beans uh, music video as well was all like the kind of YouTube memes. hits, yeah. internet memes. But like even in the song it says Timberland knows the way to meet the top of the charts. Yeah. Maybe if I work with him, I can perfect the art. The reason behind that was is I'm pretty sure it was like the record company was like you're not really making hits you need to write songs that make hits and that entire song which was a hit the whole point about it was it was a hit yeah no, no they, they wrote a song that made like a hit but they were like they were, they were trying to like design almost like yeah they, they were like they made a song that made a hit no one would make a hit and they took mm. all the internet memes and hits and made it yeah. into a video but really it was kind of a satire because it was yeah, like you know because the whole song is about like because he says like something like uh, road grain like like make my hairline look better and stuff like that and the whole point was that I understand how to make a hit this is, this it's is that like that's it. not what I'm really trying to do mm. yeah you know that kind of way which I always thought was interesting no definitely I didn't know that yeah Tim knows the way to make the top of the charts if I work with him I can perfect the art Rogan make my I can't remember, she's not much yeah. hairline, but it's all about like that. Each verse is about like different, like kind of aspects of doing it. But that's what it was supposed to be. It's him and talking to Beverly Hills is kind of about that too, I suppose. Like, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Making it that's like, where yeah. I want to be. Give me, give me, give yeah. me, give me. That's where, yeah. And like, these are all great songs. Like, even just talking about pork and beans, I can hear it perfectly in my yeah. head. Like, it's all perfectly, mm. I, I actually per- perfectly still crafted love, um, pop, pop music. Like, uh, Keep Fishing, that's the one with the Muppets. I don't think I've heard that song. Oh, you definitely have. And the video is yeah. one with the Muppets, and they have it in it. I just think it's a class song anyway, but it's just very catchy, you know. But they have the Muppets in the song, because why not? Yeah. I was going to say, um, what you said there, do you need a pee? I do need a pee. Okay. I'll, I've got it written down, so we'll uh, play on it, you know. Hey! And by the way, everyone listening, watching... Put in your own questions. Don't let me just chat shite. Pinkerton was the height yeah. of Weezer. This person, whoever it is, yeah. this is, Preach. they know the you crack. You fucking got it. It's yeah, like, man. are you on your phone there? Yeah. Like, just <laughs> agreeing with everything? I never, I don't know, I, um, I'm scared to share this, but like, I only heard Pinkerton as well for the first time 
I'd say a couple of years ago. Like. Nah, I'm the same. Yeah. Sorry, don't worry about it. Listen That's... to you. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck in the third man. Listen to that shit. <laughs> but yeah, it's just phenomenal songwriting. Like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a bit heavier. Yeah, it's a bit heavier. It's like a, an uh, emo right? classic. Mm. Um, yeah, I was gonna um, try and do an Awe we exclusive that we haven't done before. And do uh, this song as an intro to the only one. Go for it, man. Yeah. It's another one of those. We, we, uh, we were talking earlier about like short songs, and I like him, and it's another extremely short song. Another one. I don't know if you just wanna. You can try and play it a little bit, I suppose, or, or you can just wait till the only one if you want. I'll wait till the only one. Sound. The song's called My Head. My Head. My Head. <laughs> <laughs> My Head is a frustrating place to be. My bed is where I could stay comfortably, and I can't. Muster up the energy I won't be doing very much today My head is a frustrating place to be My bed is where I could stay comfortably And I can't muster up the energy I won't be doing very much today place to be in my bed is where I could sit comfortably and I can't muster up the energy I won't be doing very much today my head is a frustrating place to be in my bed is where I could sit comfortably and I can't muster up the energy I won't in my chest You ask me to come up but I won't feel at my best And I'm not sure I have the strength deal with my guilt Not acting how expected but instead on how I felt It's not an act of retreat I've been busy winning battles This is not a defeat I'm hanging home all alone Times the best company is my own And I don't know anyone 
try to do anything sometimes If you're watching a movie, it seems like I waste all my time I wish I could turn off my brain Stella's always on standby, constantly I train I'm hanging home all alone, the time to pass Up, I'm not ready. Tell all my friends that I'm just gonna stay. Can't get out of the house at all. My head just need to spend some more time in bed. Not a form responsibility. It's just that at this moment, my biggest one is. Kind of bass drum, kind of, what's that interlude? Bridge? Yeah. Might be a better term. Middle eight, whatever, take no. your pick. This might fight this funny. Kelly messaged me saying, I'm going to tell your parents to watch the live stream to catch you smoking. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Here's the smallest, smallest violin. <laughs> my parents watch this and watch me drink all this water. Look at me, I'm moral, I work on my arms, blah blah blah. Yeah, well, my, di <laughs> my dick's still smaller. <laughs> I don't know, man. So, what I. Next Can question. Can you hear me jazz uh, right. soundtrack for your cigarette? Because I actually have two questions for the band as a total, and I know the answer to the second one. What do you think is a, what band or what uh, genre at least would you say is the biggest influence in the band as a whole? And second, what uh, uh, band is the biggest influence this year on the band? And I know the second question, Ooh, the answer is the next second question is definitely uh, Dua Lipa. <laughs> that was an answer, not a question. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying the second question was what was the best. The, the second the second question was. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. <laughs> the second question was what was the biggest influence in the band this year? And the answer mm. is. Do a leap. Okay. <laughs> now I'm trying to get, what is the biggest influence you think of the band as a whole? That's interesting. And that then what do you think then out of this year? Because as your band as a whole has been going along this year, but what then what do you mm. think your biggest influence could be personal or could be in this band? Yeah. As a total would be for this year out of the band? Because this year is mm. different. Because see, you probably had an idea of what your guys sound like as a band as a whole 
um, general, but then this year you could really only play live streams and acoustic gigs. So would you yeah. have more of an influence from maybe a different band because of that, or a different artist because of that? And that would be that was my one of my questions. I'm glad you said it's an interesting question. I'm glad I thought of that because <laughs> that's what one has been having in the bank, and I was like, yeah. okay, that's not too bad of a question. Is it? Um, I don't know if my influences have really changed because. But well, then, but, who, but who who were the influences to begin with? Even if they well, haven't like changed. For for the band, you mean like water the. Like, where is? Are you looking for the middle ground between us? I'm looking between for the both. Three of us? I'm looking like, for. I'm looking for what you thought the middle. Maybe say whenever you started, you thought there'd be middle ground of what this band sounds like, and then what do you think the sound actually became when it became from it, and what do you think that your influence would have been because of that, if you know what I mean? Mm. So you could say you could have imagined you could have let's say you could have imagined. Kieran could have imagined the band was going to be this type of band. You could have imagined this band was going to be this type of band. It could be yeah. like, you're going to be this is Marlon Manson. This is mm. Blink One This is Jeff Rosenstock. This is yeah. that. This is yeah. we are Phoebe Bridges. We are this. Yeah. And then what did it become? But also, well, what do you think it is now after you've developed as a band? Because mm. also, whenever you first start out, you have an idea of what a band is going to be yeah. and the music you're going to be playing, and then it develops into your own unique sound. But then your own unique sound could also maybe also become a band that you also really love as well. Mm. What do you think it is began as and what do you think it is now? Um, well, I'll try and... Big think, question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to break break down this answer. I'll start with what people often compare us to because I think that's always a... A good starting point. Yeah, that's, you, you, don't, you don't really have a, a lot of control over what your interpreter does. Mm. Yeah. But also, at the same time, it's, it's very nice to hear... Like, I remember someone comparing us to Jawbreaker, and it's like, when you hear something like that, or Husker Du, we get a lot, yeah, which always oh, yeah, surprised Husker me, because yeah. I'm like, D-, I was like, do we sound like I got that, because you covered them for a while, didn't you? Uh, cover, you cover yeah, oh, no, like, I, no, I, no, I see you covered them in, oh, what's it called, the one that's disturbance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But yeah, it was, uh, even just like, we, we get to always sound like him, and it's always like, I don't think, I don't think it's that transparent, but like, maybe mm, it is. Yeah. But I think it's one of those weird things, too, like, because we also get... Uh, Our country was one, then and I, it's a band mm. I don't listen to. But it's yeah. like I think it's another one of those things. It's like all the stuff that we bring in when yeah. it, when it, when you put it back out again, you end up with like Al country or his Gurdu sound or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like Green Day, Green Day is yeah. always like the simple one because it's just it's the that kind of most obvious maybe. Yeah, it's like it's the like, most like, public one almost like yeah. Like and I th- I like I, I'm not against that comparison because Green Day are like their but songs no, I would are, go off more dookie you know, I granted that yeah. like, same American mm. or something yeah. well yeah like I remember after we played uh, with Darren Doherty the bassist uh, what's her Lauren Lauren Bird is it Lauren did I get that right I think I did uh, check out her song Millennials it's incredible uh, <laughs> it came out this year I think she put it out yeah it's great cool. stuff anyway um she afterwards she was like I bet I can tell you what your favorite uh, Green Day album is and I was like okay and she's like well I'll tell you three she's like Dookie Insomniac and Nimrod and I was like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> so it's like whenever but like that that's what I like it's like mm. th- that's all incredible songwriting too but right. I just think yeah. it's like the it's like the it's the one that's in most more people's vocabulary that's why you get compared to yeah, that yeah that's what mm. I mean more public it's yeah. more of they would be like. If you listen to American Idiot, which you might like, say you're in, you say in our time, then you probably have listened to Dookie and Nimrod yeah. and Sonic, so yeah. then that would make more sense. But and then uh, what do you maybe extrapolate from that yourselves? Well, I was going to say, like, people call us, like, grunge, too. I know Damien would always say this, like, oh, you're more grunge than I was uh, mm. expecting. But I also remember playing Belfast, and Damien and Kieran, 
they were saying like afterwards they were like what do you even call it and mm. I was pretty happy with that too yeah, yeah. but and I then, think like but to just to go to like the I think like the like those comparisons are pro are like the the collective output I think like whenever you put all the stuff that we're into as three people out you get like because Al Catrino I understand that because like pop punk with emo Gothic, uh, gothic rock yeah. is what they would call, which you can understand. But yeah. these have been described as well as having like the kind of the pop punk with the emo lyrics, yeah. or the kind of that kind of emo pop punk kind of mesh, yeah. which isn't really defined yet. Until you, until you guys get yeah, I'd say if, if, if there is like <laughs> the cru- shed the, the, core, the, shed, shed core. That's right. That's garage right. core. <laughs> yeah, it's like because there's shed, garage shed. punk where we're yeah. shed core. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I like that. I'd say like the, yeah, like where the the crossover lies between us. I probably probably be like grunge and stuff. Mm. But like I know all all but all these would. Do we all like Green Day? Do you like Green Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all like Green Day. He's all yeah, like so like yeah, that's, that's so, so that would be like where the yeah. where the 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 metal the the, metal, the, the Venn diagram of the band would be like nineties alternative music basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of all we were saying before: Smashing Pumpkins, Green Day, Nirvana. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Even, but then, but then he also he's all the pop yeah, like, like, and, like, like Billy Corgan. More, more gothic. Billy Corgan is a big influence on my guitar playing too. Just from listening to it a lot and like, like even that we riff on that song is probably like a come from like trying to emulate Billy Corgan and stuff like. Yeah, I too like wrestling. And like the actually enemies is like one that probably like yeah, I don't like, know. You're obviously always gonna have an influence off enemies. For me well, no, I, I mean I was gonna say that mm. riff is probably influenced by Billy Corgan too. Because mm. I don't know at some point I just started I started uh, realizing I could do like we. Like that. like that sounds like pumpkins. I don't know if it is a pumpkin song, but it sounds like pumpkins. Yeah, like yeah. realizing I could do like we two, even actually, and uh, until then too, that we bridge sounds pure pumpkins. I was like, like the. Influence and that kind of stuff, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, so what do you think about it? I was like, don't like, I not the only member. I know, I know, but like, <laughs> I would, I would have similar influences. Like, I'm just thinking, like when, when bass playing with it, like, I'd, those are, um, what do you call the bass player from Green Day? Mike Durant. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's. Fucking, I think you're like yeah, you have a. It's, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe your taste in music, but so every so often I'll hear a band and I'll be like, "That Arnold love that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's usually big riffs. Big riffs, yeah. And big I think riffs I think that does translate to whenever I think you approach bass like that too. You're like, it's like I know it's like I'm playing the bass part, but I'll still make it memorable, and I think that's mm, great. Mm-hmm. I think, Other, and, yeah. and probably yeah, uh, Chris Navasella got to probably. Yeah, no, definitely. Hence, the, he's got his yeah. goddamn bass. Yeah, yeah. Sure, even in the last song, because as I was saying, with the bass line to then whenever users playing drums and you're not playing, and like that, because that was um, it's a really kind of, you say like noticeable part or like it's a really integral part of the song. Yeah, the interlude of the bridge is yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. It's like just, but like. It's not like the song is held back by you not playing, but it's not like it's not taken away. But that's what I mean by the whole good musician, great musician not playing. Yeah. It's just like that's what that song needed then at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, I think, oh, I think that's, that's a good, I think that's a that song's a good example of our, like, different I feel like the breakdown too has a bit of, like that, uh, the drum beat 
Reminds me, mm. it's like a hip hop kind of beat too. Yeah. It's like, it feels very you. <laughs> Which would have been, you back in the day, would have been Travis Barker. Yeah, yeah that too, Travis yeah. Barker would have of been obviously pop punk and Blink when they do, but then he did so much with because that's what he did. He went more into the hip hop and the, yeah. the kind of rap kind of style. Now in the restaurant scene as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was gonna say like I, I always remember like even whenever in human science that like you I always remember you had a really good sense of melody and stuff. Mm. I think you, you you bring that to your everything you add to. I think so as well. Yeah. Um. For bands, like, just be. I was just thinking there, like, bands listen to these days. I mean, what really got me in the face was Death from Above. And they're like, they're noise rock, like, proper. Like, Stations of the. Space. Hang on. <laughs> Stations <laughs> of the Cross, <laughs> Stations of the Session. <laughs> <laughs> I'm vibing right now. Okay, they're vibing, that's great. That's, that's good. Right. We've got a vibe going But, like, do you think collectively as a band you can mm. think what your direct anthems would be, but also do you think you can split it into two of what you began as and what you are now? Well, um, that I was, what I was going to try and. Um, I don't know what I don't know the question no yeah. I think it's a good question yeah I'm like I'm pretty proud of myself guys damn it check I think, <laughs> I, think like the, I think the closest that we the, the, it, it's weird I don't know if I'd call it influence I suppose it is influence on me mm. and the band but I think like the band that we're closest to is probably like pop mm. the pandemic what? unemployment payment you set me up like that, man. You know, like, I got come out like. Were they yeah. profits? <laughs> but like, um, just for that, the style of like pop punk that they play, I think is like closest to what we're doing. Probably, mm. we're not trying to compare us to pop because like we're fucking nowhere near pop. They're like mm. the. These are the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I that's the name of a band as well. Puppy or puppets. Puppets. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's like a. Kier needs commendation. I'm laughing out loud. Haha. <laughs> oh, <that, that, laughs> like though you said haha, that means you are definitely laughing that's out loud. What I was, what I was gonna say was um, like there has actually been like a a conscious I think effort to n- not pigeonhole ourselves too much. Mm, yeah. You but like um, your songs wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. You I don't think your songs do that of pitching. You know, you know, not not all your songs are the same. So not all your songs. You know, not all your yeah. songs are gonna be. Are you as I say, you're not trying to pitch them. If you're not trying to just write a song to be like writing it, because like your songs do have different even structures. Yeah. Which is a good example of not pitching yourself. You don't yeah. just go. What well, we used to do now, shaking camels of, chorus first, chorus first, double chorus, <laughs> maybe a verse. Yeah. Triple course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, just go play and play. Yeah, yeah, pitch change. Yeah, fucking, you know, like fucking key change. Fuck this. You know what I mean? You don't do that. Yeah. Because you still have bridges here and you do that. And yeah. then, you know what I mean? Like, which I do understand yeah, in, no, that I, sense, yeah. in that sense. I like uh, trying to stay pretty. But you like the but experimental from from talking oh, to you even yeah. on a podcast and stuff is that you try and write a song and just uh, almost the same way you just write a story you let to see where the song kind of takes you in a way oh definitely yeah, yeah. and uh, but then also the whenever you bring it to the boys you've got to they're going to add to that and change mm, it in a way yeah. and they have their input I think I just like I like kind of just um, complimenting just like the song and yeah. the melody yeah. or whatever the yeah best that's way what I, I always like, say to you too like it's like and that kind of stems from like I. My, like 
uh, like yeah, I'd always say to you, it's like it's a song comes first. It's like it's not about any one of us mm. having a moment or being yeah, yeah. like showing off or anything. And I think that does help. Uh, yeah, of not trying to st- you're not trying to outdo each other. Yeah. but like I've been. It's like there's only, like I've only put a guitar solo in one song, and that was because when I was writing it, I was like, oh, I think this actually needs a guitar solo. Yeah, it's like. But if you felt like a song all- made of a bass solo or a drum solo, you'd be like. Fucking do the yeah. bass solo, do the drum solo, like. But like, you know, it's like I've, I've, I've been out to practice, understand, like oh, yeah. watching it of like seeing as that how it goes because it does. It is a very give and take, mm. but that's what it kind of needs to be. Of you need to, because you almost need to have, for like say if Owen is bringing a song or Aaron's bringing a song or you're bringing sorry, sorry if Owen's bringing a song, Arms is bringing a song or Kane. <laughs> but you need to have that give and oh, take gosh. of you need to have to be able to take that criticism of that's not a good part that's a good part yeah, <laughs> gotta write a song with all bridges <laughs> I'm writing that down alright so, so we have we have the golden gate we have the peace bridge we have <laughs> wow oh take bridges literally um, a like bass solo imagine <laughs> Come on, imagine. Let's go. Let's go, Mario. You're up. You're up, oh I like that idea. <laughs> it's like Peace Bridge, Golden Gate, San Francisco. Let's go. Although, like, I think it's almost like, like yeah, like um, enemies is kind of almost like that, where there's very few repeating parts. It's like mm. it's like even the first chorus isn't the same. Every chorus adds a bit on, and then it's like there's a bridge part where leads into another like part, it, and then there's like yeah, like the, the, I do like that. Uh, it's almost like an organically evolving uh, mm. like I can also see and even that like we intro thing that I did for, yeah it's like it's a well, that's kind of, yeah. like I like I like things like that too we were talking about short, short songs it's like it's like how can I like I've only got like whatever amount of time it's like how can I make this really memorable like with that one it's like I, I rely heavily on dynamics or it's like the first time around it's really quiet and then it's a bit louder but I also like change the vocal every time and it's got like it's like yeah, I just love, uh, I don't know, there's something weird about songwriting that I don't understand. <laughs> and I love trying to, like, wrap my head around and, like, uh, it's just mm. class. Yeah. I can just think, because I was chatting about you on the podcast before, listen back. Are you moment. just laughing at Kieran, Ryan? Um, What's going on here? You need to, you I think need to scroll up in the comments to see what he said. Kieran needs commendation. Kieran, no, Kieran, Kieran needs to do Because I read it as a game and I had a wee chuckle to myself, but you were still chatting. Oh, okay, <laughs> hang on, right? <laughs> keep going, keep going up. There. Kieran, have you had a little mingle with some electric cabbage? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) He looks like an ornament at the back. Distinguished, regal, and all seeing. (laughs) I get a slight rise against vibe. I used to listen to that, Liam. Yeah. What do you mean I'm vibing right now? (laughs) Kieran needs to do a vibe retreat. Stations of the Cross, Stations of the Sesh. <laughs> Kieran needs accommodation. I think we were. Was that because we were talking about uh, your drumming? Yeah. Probably. Probably, yeah. But like, what I was going to say is just going back. What I can only do with like, being back in the band, which is granted still fucking like 10, yeah, 12 years ago. Read but, the, um, read the comments above, and if we were Kieran holds it down harder songs, than a hun faced down. Break down course, 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 course. <laughs> uh, 
not course, pre-course. No, it would be course, pre-course, course. I think Ryan needs a commendation. Chorus, and then probably like a double chorus at the end, yeah. which probably for our songs now we were like 17, so it makes sense. Yeah. But you guys aren't exactly the same, I wouldn't be able to break down your songs that. But I'm saying, mm. me and Kane told Band, you probably could have broken this down to probably the same structural down, but you just don't really do that. It can, be, is, it can be dangerous though, that it's like, because. I'm going to say because we were 17 and we were doing that. We only did write like three songs. Oh, that's uh, sad. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, I think that's what you should. No, that's, that's, I think that's, that's okay you when you're 17 too. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, no, how do you write a song? No, 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 no. But that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's okay when you're 17. But if you're trying to write a song seriously now, yeah. you shouldn't be. Now, and if you want to write a pop song, yeah, whatever. But like, what I mean, what you're trying to do isn't that. You're trying to write your own music and do that. Yeah. So you're not trying to do. Oh, right. We do a chorus here. We do. Yeah. But now you might do. But what, like, what you might do is be like verse, verse, chorus, chorus, pre-chorus, pre-chorus, bridge. Whatever, but what whatever I was gonna say do. is like, I don't think you should uh, limit yourself. Yeah, like you could write mm. a song that's just all like there's a song I'm writing in a minute, and I think it is just going to go like basically verse chorus the whole way through. Yeah, but um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's the thing because like the, I, the, I realize the too, is, is doing that all the time. I, but yeah. I realize too, it's like I, it's like it's good, it's commendable to be like oh, every every song's going to be experimental, but then you're going to run out, and then you're going to be like, well, this song's just a verse and a chorus and a bridge. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, like, yeah, it can. You, I, I think it's like you have to be careful that, like, like the classics are classics for reasons too. And it's like uh, to related to writing too. It's like the hero's journey. It's like yeah, it's there's like, there's nothing wrong with yeah. the hero's journey because like even like, I was saying about and you have the, to master the the basics, before the traditional you, way before you can start like, but, like um, even, breaking was, the rules. What I was gonna say is even because um, the story, the short story I wrote the other day, which was about James Payton. Mm-hmm was that I had this idea for the end. Did you actually finish the story? No, yeah, I finished the story, but Wait. do you not remember me telling <laughs> you? never finished the story. I wrote it in one go. But you see, I had, this, I, I had, had this idea for the end of the story, which uh, I'd kind of known it'd been done before. I wasn't, you know, wasn't going to break any ground. It was going to be like the twist was pretty bog standard to come into, mm. and it was about James Payton. But then when it came to the end of the story, that's not what I did with it but I had the so idea and the, technically the, the I, I do have that part not even <laughs> I have that part written but that's not really the end of the story I made the entire story more metaphorical than what it is mm-hmm. but my idea behind it was that I went through it and I knew the end and I knew the twist which was pretty not breaking new ground or it was pretty bog standard yeah um and I knew what I was doing, I was writing towards that. And then I changed it in the end because of, I felt it was more fitting and the story was more metaphorical rather than it was actually just a straight up story mm. of the twist. The twist was going to be, it was like an isolationist experiment by say an army or neuroscientists of being like what it was like for someone to be stranded on a foreign planet mm. in isolation. But then I became more of a metaphorical story of like someone, of us going through our drudgery in day to day life, mm. of getting constantly working toward the goal that we never achieve. So then he decides to just sit down and just wait and he sees as he walks forward towards the end point it keeps moving away from him as he walks back it moves it moves towards him so therefore if he just sits down and waits and that's kind of what I mean more trying to do in my life is like I've been trying to more take a step back stop Mm. focusing on work so much calm myself and be like it's not because the whole story the end end point is he keeps trying to get towards his goal he keeps trying to get towards his goal which he will actually never reach because as he keeps walking it's forward, it keeps going away. It's like acceptance. Yeah, it was, it, exactly. Mm, the yeah. old metaphor thing is like acceptance, but it was also kind of like, as I sit down, nothing changes. So if I step back, it moves back with me. If I move forward, it moves forward away from me. If I just sit down and just accept what it is, 
then nothing really changes, but I can still be happy here. Mm. Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, my initial twist was like really sci-fi of like, oh, it's an isolationist experiment. This is the army seeing how someone survives <laughs> uh, all the isolation. The end, yeah, of being like, you know, and it's like it was going to move back into like these scientists absor- uh, uh, examining something in an isolation box, giving hallucinogenic drugs, who, mm. who sees this uh, thing that they've concocted. Just detailed but, fucking mapped out. Yeah, you kind of whole like, thing. But then I took it away from that of being like, because I kind of prefer the kind of whole metaphorical more, thing of yeah. it's just me sitting down. Because this is what I've been trying to do. And this is what mm. I've been doing in our oh, phone. Yeah, like, more, taking more like uh, steps in and, and pace myself. And kind of, even at work, like, I mean, making jokes and being laughed at me and like, I'm not rushing myself anymore. I've been saying to people, I'm not rushing myself anymore. I'm just taking it easy and I'm just going with it as it goes. Whenever I get done today, it's whatever I get done today. Which is a really big step forward because for like fucking eight nine months straight, I was just pushing myself and get more done, mm. and get more done, and get more done, and get more done. And the thing is, is that what I do will still always get done. I gotta stop pushing myself or rushing myself, and I gotta take a step back and just be like, relax. It's all okay. Yeah. And it's not the end of the world. I'm yeah. not gonna be fucking mm. setting up a nuclear bomb. And that's kind of what the whole story then took on towards the end. But my mm. initial idea of it was this very traditional scientific fiction story and then it became more of a call. that's kind of Just where it came from yeah. that's mm. pretty cool so none of you can read it now because you fucking know the end and the whole meaning anyway so that was <laughs> fucking pointless <laughs> oh, I read uh, the short story that Arrival was based on there oh did you it was very good I must give you I must give you um, uh, Philip K. Dick was always best in short stories but he has this one short story that I love I'm just going to leave it blank for now, but I must give it to you. And I'm even just going to give you the book. There's like like a hundred, like loads of shorts. Yeah. Just tell you to read this one. Uh, I think, out of all the shorts I've read, one of the best I've ever read. Sweet. Do you want The best thing about it is, when it comes to the last line or the last sentence, because especially for what he does of the whole kind of like, you don't really know what's going on, is you kind of figure out what's going on. And it comes to like the last paragraph and you kind of go, well I I don't there was a a story in that book actually and uh, it was weird it was about like it's pretty cool too it's it's like about someone like gaining super intelligence and I think it's like really interesting to read just as like almost a a lesson on how to write someone that's way smarter than the author because it's like it's like it's it's hard to fight for on is it no, that but that's what I was gonna say. It like uh, reminded me of that, and I thought it was gonna. I thought like I was like, is this all gonna have a twist, and it's gonna end up like flowers, like flowers for Charlie, yeah, yeah. Not flowers for Charlie. Yeah. It's always funny when it's like, is this all gonna turn out that it, he's he's actually just insane the, the, or like or stupid or yeah. something? But I must actually give you five thousand on because I about, oh sorry, go ahead. It's about um this hormone K treatment. Uh, the guy like has a because there's there's all these things that I thought were gonna pay off but didn't. Yeah. Like, like there was all these suggestions like of like he started having nightmares and then like they went away and I was like is this going to be like become like a, a brain damage like these ni- story, like, or this is like, like a is hallucination is that, that, that what these dreams are are they something else but anyway so it's like he uh, lo- he like fell under ice and lost consciousness and then they give him hormone K to repair his pathways in the brain mm. but then uh, it made him smarter he ended up with like perfect recall mm. it's like it uh, when they were testing his brain he found out he could like remember the string of digits from the last lesson mm. and stuff like that and it's like okay and then they started experimenting and then they gave him more treatments and then his brain became better uh, but it was like a thing where it only if you give it to someone who's perfectly he has no 
damage to their brain, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, but it's because it's repairing a pathway, yeah. so then it so repairs all of the pathways essentially. So that's and the why more the more damage done, the the higher you can get. But like the one I must say, when I read five, but it, like it goes in. Sorry, just to, sorry, to on, finish off it, like it goes into all this stuff, like. Uh, it like becomes quite like trippy and stuff. It's like mm. it's like he, he he realizes control over like the pheromones he can release release and like mm. he can he has like control over like his blood pressure and everything and like he can uh, yeah he has control over his body compartmentalize and his brain into like uh, and he can like read all the um, little like facial text and everything. Might, yeah. uh, it's really cool and it's like really good. It's, it's like as you're reading it, you're like fucking getting more and more like. Uh, just yeah. it starts to snowball. It's like you get really caught up, but it's really, it's really well done. I must say, I remember. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was going to end up where he just like is crazy or yeah, <laughs> like yeah. is going to have this weird twist. But like that's what I but, thought. But it also made me realize that like Flowers for Charlie is genius. No, but you see, <laughs> that, you see, don't made me realize. Remember, I read Flowers for Algernon. I was like worried because I almost like didn't finish it. Flowers for, for Algernon is what the TV episode Flowers for Charlie by yeah. Stanley's based on. It doesn't end the same. That flies for Algernon. Just, uh, maybe not everyone knows what we're on about when we say flowers for Charlie as well. He's, uh, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, so. Charlie thinks he's really smart. Well, he acts really smart, and then it turns out that it was all an experiment yeah. to show how susceptible people could be to suggestion, and he's actually still yeah. an idiot. So, flies for Algernon is about <laughs> is someone who has an IQ of, like, 60, gets given a uh, brain experiment and becomes really smart. And like I thought it was actually because you see, because Flies for Charlie's based on Flies for Argenon, I thought it was like actually going to end up the same. So I actually almost didn't finish the book for ages. That was going to be the same, but it doesn't end the same. Mm. But the one thing I'll say about Flies for Algernon is it is probably the best book I that is that I've read that has been written. The way that it is written is fantastic. Whenever you first read the book, you're starting off as a guy with IQ of sixty. So there's grammatical inconsistencies and there's spelling errors. But you always know what it, it says, so it's like right is R I T E, mm-hmm. and it's like he gets the brain operation pretty early on in the book, and it goes into like right. It's like and now he know and now he's like now I know right is R I G H T and stuff like this, but then he gets smarter, smarter throughout the book, but it's just the book starts off with like the most simplistic, like easy misspelt English, and then it goes into the almost like very grandose, like very yeah. well written English. And starts going down again as he starts to degrade in intelligence. But it's just the way it's done is, it's like like this one, the Hugo and Nebula Awards, which is the two major awards in like science fiction. Because they're Hugo Gerns back in in like nineteen thirty six, which is get it with the uh, which is get it on the original science fiction magazine, which is Ice Gasmov and all been Nebula Awards that came on like the fifties, which was just kind of more of like so like they're both like the Nebula Awards and the Hugo Awards would be considered them like the Grammys, the Grammys and the Oscars of science fiction writing, but it won like all of them like flat out like it won both of them and whenever you read it you just know why hmm. and it's just like entirely first person and it's like his journal yeah. entries because the whole point is as he goes through the experiment that he has to write down like how he's feeling because what's really interesting is he gets like the uh, brain surgery it's like whenever to make more, uh, Homer takes the crane out of his yeah, brain yeah that's what I was no, going to say but you see it's what, what, <laughs> what, what's, what's really intricate about it is mm. they show that because he gains more intelligence he's not more emotionally intelligent he's more like say scientific or academically intelligent yeah. but he's he's still that's not emotionally right. intelligent and they do that and it shows him and like one point he gets drunk and he starts acting stupid again and he starts acting like childish mm-hmm. and it's just mm. but the way it's written is just he's like unbelievable it's just, it's just yeah exactly still it's just the way it's written though it's just whenever you're reading it it's just 
but it's also the entire book is so sad. You because like the entire book you because because like the entire book it's like because whenever he starts becoming smart again, he starts getting more memories back and he can remember more. And his mom didn't fucking like him. She hated him because he was stupid. She wanted him to be normal. Mm. And it's him like trying to be normal, but he can't be normal because he's academically challenged and he's trying to be normal and he's like I'm trying to play with my blocks mom I'm trying to play with my blocks mom but he's like 10 years old and she's like you should be smarter than playing with your blocks and it's just you're really like oh because he because because you because but he loves, he has he loves block but he but it's oh man it's just one of the best written books I've yeah, ever read in my life me like, yeah. but no, it's just it just it's so fantastic they're written like I just can't yeah. understand because it's just the way the guy writes being spelling errors, you still understand it. Grammatical mm. errors, you still understand it. And then it gets to really intense stuff. You but you follow it the whole way along, and you yeah. follow it the way down. Oh, but also, hard. that episode of Sunny is brilliant. It's great. <laughs> it's like the more I like. Can uh, cats beat the spiders? The more <laughs> the I, Chinese bit. The more, <laughs> uh, but the more I like, uh, the more like sci fi stories now that I read, and like that one where I was expecting it to go that direction yeah. has made me realise how smart that episode actually is yeah. to like have that twist is really but like, really clever like, but like do you know what I mean it's like and the, it's like it's like the more like sci-fi I like read or whatever it's like it's like oh this hasn't actually been done before and it's like mm. it should, it like but like the way that's, I think that's like also uh, good art of any kind like if you like read a book or hear a song or whatever and it like it's like this hasn't been done before Mm. Like that's. But do I remember? Good, uh, especially at the start of the podcast, we started about how science fiction is actually more of an example of like the human condition of what it can be talked about. Yeah, uh, James Britton sent me a message to uh, like a few, a few months ago, being like, "It's like, oh, you guys really understand sci-fi." Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think you said Ryan, um, maybe or one of you in the group chat brought it up anyway. Oh. What's relative about Fires Fragilon is what would be called hard sci-fi. So there's hard fi- sci-fi and soft well, sci-fi. I'm hard. So hard sci-fi is sci-fi. science fiction <laughs> that is scientifically based. So if you take so that me hard. Be soft I'll sci-fi would be like say the best example would be like Star Wars, Star Wars, space opera, starships. Star... You don't have to give an explanation. I mean, hard sci-fi is whenever the actual fiction has a scientific basis or has like you know a real like you know there's a an in-universe at least reasoning behind it. Mm. And Flowers for Algernon is like hard sci-fi, but in like the loosest term, but still hard sci-fi. And the entire thing is, is they can give this guy who is developmentally um, slower mm-hmm. a brain operation that makes him really a, a super genius. And that's essentially all you have to understand. Mm. But then it just describes his experience of getting smarter whenever his entire life he's been treated as stupid. And that's essentially yeah. what it is. So it's like he works in a bakery and he's a, he's a janitor in a bakery. But then he becomes smarter than the people he's been working with. So then they start to resent him because yeah, yeah. for the past 10 years, they've been making he's fun of him. He's like, been the idiot. Yeah. They've been making fun of him. And then all of a sudden, he starts yeah. not acting yeah. like the idiot. Yeah. Then he's all of a sudden, he starts realizing that they're making fun of him. Yeah. And he there he's like, no, I'm not taking that anymore. And then they're mm-hmm. like, you're not my friend anymore. Yeah, you, you why? Yeah, fuck you. And yeah. so it becomes more of like because it's not really about him getting smarter. It's more about social how people are on social impact of or people treating him yeah. mm. bad because they thought that he was. Because it also shows how one person in the bakery treated him well anyway. Mm. But then you see, because that's the funny thing is because people treat bakery treated him bad, and then he becomes smarter than them, so he calls them out on it essentially. And he understands that one of them is actually uh, stealing from the business. But then the guy that treated him better, 
then everyone else is kind of treated him like a, an equal. Yeah. He becomes smarter than him, but mm. then he becomes arrogant towards him. So then that guy starts resenting him because yeah, he yeah. starts acting like he's better than him, yeah. which is mirrors what the other people were doing to him. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a very intricate plot of that, which yeah, is yeah. very, very well done. It's oh. very, very well received. Oh, it's have to read it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just, but it's just the intro, it's just, it's so well written yeah. of that kind of, because it, it explores each aspect of yeah. it, because it doesn't just show how even smarter people resent him. It shows how he, people resent him he because he becomes smarter, also. because he changes yeah. in a bad way. It's not just because he becomes smarter, he's now the best person in the world yeah, it yeah. shows how he can become a bad person by being smarter mm-hmm. interesting uh, subscribe to what are we at for the next for ep- me chatting shit the, <laughs> the next episode of Flowers with Thomas yeah. <laughs> are you telling me this entire thing has been an experiment on me <laughs> you can uh, get a little of that dumbass you can look at the GoFundMe <laughs> page for the Thomas Burke uh, audiobook of um, the audiobook <laughs> audiobook audiobook <laughs> he has a fucking audiobook hey, you can't shut him up dear <laughs> audiobook you're doing the song what do we do now what are we we're on 3 hours and 22 are we on 3 hours oh goodness me Jesus I'll edit it down I'll probably do 2 parts or something Cool. Yeah, we need to like get a. How many more questions does Thomas have? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to see. Only so much you can answer. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, what did we? What did we get influenced by this year? Was one of them was it? I know what it turned into then was what did we think the band was going to sound like, and what do we think the band sounds like now? And then we got to recap. I think, I think you, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> the band sounds like first pit bosses. Yeah, man. You know. He gets it. Yeah. I think I was basically trying to say like we're. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it reminded me of what. That's just gonna say. Guitars. It reminded me of what I was saying about uh, Gulch. It's like where they would get compared to other bands and the guitar is just like, I don't listen to them, I'm just trying to make the music in my head kind of thing. And it's yeah, like, yeah. That's like, that's basically it, yeah. Do you, uh, dust? Yeah. Dust. Dust with a capital E. Dust desserts. Dust. <laughs> wrap up I think pretty much because we're on mm-hmm. like yeah it's a long time what's the fucking thing on the Mac oh that's just the Tivex thing it's the update um, on the Forget those petty things like being 
Next question. Why would you say the future is looking bright? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to the lyric before, it's about the sun exploding, so the future is literally looking Yeah, but looking if the sun bright. explodes, then it can no longer be bright because there's no source of light. It's gonna You're chatting about seven billion years in the future, yeah. man. Come on. When this, what's brighter than the sun exploding? Afterwards, nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not talking about afterwards. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm talking about afterwards. Well, actually, we don't really know because if the sun explodes in and stuff, it could be like an eclipse. What if it forms like a singularity and then we all start the entire process again and then a couple million years we're in here doing the exact same thing? So like, yeah, it doesn't matter because we're in a computer simulation, but That sounds like a. Sounds pretty bright to me. Not if I call it a dark existence. More like a dark existence. <laughs> More like a dark existence. Sounds oh, 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 oh. exactly like what I said. <laughs> Fuck, he's got me there. <laughs> um, how many more questions do you have? Because we've been going for a long time already. Uh, to be honest, he's haven't played Sharks and Bath W, have no. That's the encore, man. Um, uh, yeah, because I was going to ask, obviously, the meaning behind Sharks and Bathtub, because you kind of explained that at a gig before, so I kind of knew that. Um, so yeah, I asked you about your first albums, I asked about the influence of the band. Um, I think the only other one, really, was kind of um, kind of how the band, not necessarily how the band got together, but how you all got together. And then, obviously, that includes me, because we kind of already explained how we got together. Yeah, playing the play park of the... And you also explained, actually, how you got together. Yeah, I think we... And then, kind of, we also explained how you got together. So, that was kind of... Uh, that's kind of already been covered, but that yeah. was kind of more of... By that... I didn't mean to do that, but that yeah. was my... Yeah, we've... Yeah, we've uh, well, that's perfect. I was just going to say... We can go to the the fucking the watchers for a question, and I just looked, and Ryan says I have a question. Yeah. Okay. So lay it on me. You have to wait for a wee bit. Come on, Ryan. For He's going to be like the socio-economic climate that we're in. How do you feel about artisan Brexit? <laughs> I think we, uh, I think that was really good, actually. I think we, uh, we, 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 t- we told that line nicely of, uh, just of podcasting tunes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to so say either. that I stole the show, but you can. <laughs> so for the next, uh, for the next five minutes, he's going to ask, gonna, ask, ask questions. questions and I'll write them down. And then yeah. I'll read them out. Sound. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll just play the, get my voice in there. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but I'm gonna have attention whore. <laughs> attention isn't the only thing you are a whore for. You know something? After two WKDs, my legs are open for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of something. Can you pass that Christmas <laughs> What's your opinion on the state of modern polka music? <laughs> polka music. Let's see if we can position this somewhere so it looks like a really big tree. <laughs> <laughs> Look at our massive Christmas tree. <laughs> wow. Whoa, get out of frame, Christmas tree. <laughs> no, it doesn't really work. <laughs> There, it looks massive there. Wow! <laughs> you can't whoa. see you. Wow! It's so big, you can't even see you. <laughs> whoa, no, I'm the big one. Oh no, it's definitely coming on to be like, shh! <laughs> Shut up. 
Where he says, pull it up, boys, play that one again. Right, here we go. <laughs> well then, I suppose because I've already kind of... Oh, here we go. Yeah, How do you, each of you find motivation and meaning in the art and future of performing live when the immediate future of artistic medium is in question? Could be 2021, October, November, mm. before gigs uh, fell their back. Oh, I'm Ryan. I do psychology. <laughs> uh, Thomas already asked that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking should have been listening, Ryan. <laughs> oh, good way to... I asked it in a less... Ponzi way. <laughs> Tighten off for it. I'm just gonna... <laughs> Ryan's just going to write back, fuck you, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll answer that. I'm just waiting um, to see if there's more questions coming before I... Uh, before you start answering. I don't want to start answering and realise there's a little more questions. Yeah, you prefer to have like a load of questions to, to answer, kind of, yeah. Well, just in case like uh, we start answering this and then like we go on for half an hour and then... Uh, Tangent. I'm off, man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're we're off. Don't you mean in the meantime? <laughs> How do you feel? Owen, Owen in particular, thoughts on Nightcore come out ye black and dance? <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but... Uh, oh, hey, this... that's offensive tomorrow. <laughs> uh, is he black? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, no, he's tan. This is a good, uh, good opportunity. If you aren't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, do it now because you're right there. But uh, there is a nightcore version of one of our songs up there. <laughs> no, actually, actually, that's a good, that, that's a good meaning. That's a good meaning. You can't, you can't find the boys on YouTube and uh, Spotify, and you can find what are we at on YouTube and Spotify mm-hmm. and Acast. Everywhere and you get podcasts. Everywhere you get podcasts, you can find our podcast and hear me and one chatting about the same shit. And, and anywhere you listen to music, really. you can hear first bit. And I think after like the sixth or seventh episode, we get good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll answer Ryan's question. <laughs> I, I, I we'll answer. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll answer Ryan's question. You son of a bitch. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, oh, he was like, imagine you being good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. I can't come back. Um, <laughs> I can't come back. We'll answer. <laughs> I'm not down a fucking ten pegs, sir. <laughs> I'm on minus two. <laughs> We'll answer Ryan's question, and if he's, if anyone else wants yeah. to leave questions, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll answer them in the meantime. Yeah. So how do you find motivation and meaning in the art and future performing live when the immediate future of this artistic medium is in question? Well, I think for s- when you're worrying about the future, that's kind of a pointless endeavor anyway. Like, wasted energy. Yeah, like... Yeah. W- like our our future, our fu- the future of the band was always in question. Like yeah. there's no, um, nothing's really changed. Mm. If you were to be truly pragmatic mm. about it, like you're not playing as many gigs, but at the same time, yeah. You're... And it's like no anyway. You didn't you didn't know that you'd be playing any gigs this year technically. Anyway. Well, you probably yeah. didn't know you're playing some, but I know you know what I mean. You didn't like we kind of we kind of touched on this when we were saying like the, the live stuff helps. But what I was uh, trying to get at then, which I I think we kind of. I didn't really put across properly was that like this is a good time to really understand why you're making music or why you're creating anything like mm. and if you're not doing it because now, you if, wouldn't if, be it, doing it if, it, if that if there's too mm. much of that external uh, external motivation then it's not really sustainable anyway like I I get so much enjoyment out of just writing songs and like I was saying like 
there's the other steps that I get so much enjoyment out of too. But if I didn't just love writing songs, I wouldn't. It's I shouldn't thing. be doing it. I should be doing something else. Basically, is how I would look at it. It's it, but it's mm. that thing. It's the same that you described on podcast on Sam If you didn't enjoy doing that thing, which is writing songs, writing a story, doing something. Yeah, it's like you were saying. It's like you you wouldn't you wouldn't do it. Like you're um like you're talking about writing songs or sorry writing stories and uh, and all and just writing in general. That that isn't affected by the current state of things. So. Because I was doing that and before, and I'll be doing that after. Yeah. You will be doing this before, yeah. you'll be doing this after. So, so the, hel- so the healthy way to look at our, us making anything should be the same way. as Like, the external world shouldn't affect your well, if I can creative even, drive. If I can even say what me and Owen said about the podcast before, which I said, actually mostly drunk, is I said before, I've talked an awful lot on me and Owen's podcast about being... Um, like depressed or like anxious or just mm. kind of not be and I really hope that if one person heard this and like felt better of themselves or felt that they felt the same way mm. that they would feel more inclined to maybe get help or just it's the fact that that's the way that they've felt so then they understand that they're not alone and yeah. it's just but you see I feel like it's okay for one person and see it's easier probably being on a podcast than me and Owen isn't whenever we're talking about it as I said, even then again earlier about that, about like it's rare for men to say maybe open up to each other, but I have a fella that I can open up to pretty easily. Mm. That you're I, always opening up to men. Uh, yeah, not like my open butt, up your butthole. Like 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 my my, <laughs> like my my butthole can fit a basketball at this stage. But um, what a it, basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> at one time. <laughs> But um, the whole idea of it being like I'm podcast is called Water We Act. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm, question just I'm, 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 I'm doing good it, question. I'm, uh, I'm doing it. I'm trying to do it for that. It's like someone mm. who felt in the way that I was. That then a couple of years ago, because I won't tell me before about you could never really write about being depressed until after you come out of a depression. Mm. And that would be because if you're so fucking depressed, you really can't do anything. But almost yeah, like lying there's dead. like a. I remember hearing a quote from uh, some. B- famous writer basically said like you can never write a, about a city until you've left yeah you've left it and i always like find that really applicable to like emotional states as well it's like it's only once you put a bit of distance and can look back look at that from a hindsight because really, you can see yeah. both the inside and the outside yeah. and that's kind of the way i would imagine it of even like artistic gigs in that way sense is that you can't really write about something until you've lived through it and so you could probably write yeah. about 2020 after living through it or whatever, mm. but I wouldn't be able to write about being depressed or talk about being depressed without having yeah, coming through it or at least yeah. going through it. And I've been both going through it and coming through it and all this kind of stuff. So that's kind of where it kind of comes from. And that's where I would probably take it from. Of uh, you're, I'm almost on the outside looking in, but I'm doing this for at least one, hoping that at least one person might hear. Like, I would be really happy if I heard... This podcast man go no fucking know with me and one, but if one person just somehow some randomly came up to me and said just one person ever and was like, um, no, I listened to you chat yeah. about being depressed and it, was, it made me feel better because I knew that I was depressed. And that, I'd be really happy with that. That, was like, that would be really that would be really fulfilling for me. That was something I was going to say earlier, but it wasn't really your question, so I I didn't. You were asking about like what drives you to play an instrument, ever, and like that is the kind of thing that I. One of the driving forces I think in anything creative, it's like trying to be like here I get it 
it's like yeah because like you've heard that yourself you're trying to like everything everything that dri- drives me anyway some kind of being like here it's alright I like I go through these things or it's all it's, all, it's some kind of like it's grand don't worry about it like, mm-hmm. it's, but it's, it's not even that it's grand it's just the fact that I go through it too yeah so that makes but that's what that's what that like but by you I think by you saying I go through it too that is what that is implying it's like it's like for it's okay yeah it's fine it's like it's like I it's like you're sad it's like you don't know why you're sad and then you hear somebody say oh I'm sad too and here's why and then they say the exact reason why you're sad or you're actually being depressed and then you go yeah I get it because I think I would hope anyway that all of us unfortunately all of us probably depressed or have been depressed and we've come across either whether it be a song a story or even something we've written or something our friends have said mm-hmm. and, and that, then they say it and then you go yeah it's just kind of this, it's just kind of yeah it's really fulfilling but yeah, the thing is like whenever and, you and hear it in that moment you kind of actually rise up you're kind of like yeah I get it too it's this weird mm-hmm. kind of fulfilled common connection, like common connection this, yeah, this universal like, feeling that you yeah. but the thing is at the start you don't realise it's universal yeah, you feel everybody. you feel it's entirely oh, yeah. on your own and you feel alone and then you suddenly don't feel alone anymore and this beautiful feeling of I'm actually not alone yeah. and that somehow makes it easier to deal with because yeah. the devil he knows about it and the devil he don't but also mm-hmm. uh, that whole thing of like you know uh, a load shared is a load carried so you feel like you can carry it more because if you are weighed down by being depressed if you're weighed down by feeling sad and alone and then you hear that somebody else feels the same you no longer are alone certain moves one part but then you are sharing this load carrying it across say a river yeah you're just carrying this and you've realised that you're not alone carrying something across the river you feel like you're wading through these waves you feel like you're struggling to breathe and all of a sudden you realise you can stand because someone else is there with mm. you yeah. and it just it's this beautiful moment it's this beautiful feeling because it's not that you've beaten it it's not that you are no longer it's not like you're suddenly happy you're no longer depressed it's just you're not alone anymore and you know that you can fight it and you're and not that's what causes that's the beautiful kind of yeah, time and moment yeah and you're not yeah. it's n- not weird to feel that way it's actually yeah. normal <laughs> it's it's weird never yeah. to realise that other people think like yeah. this yeah, it's like you know, how much they do as well. yeah exactly and I think, you feel at the start when you're depressed you're like no one else realises yeah. I think mm. there is and you're kind of huddled in the corner I, like oh no I think that might be weirdly one of the positive things that this year might have brought out people being more open to like their feelings of anxiety and stuff mm. yeah. and more people because it's easier to say that you are because become, I'm in the yeah, house or something and more like that. people realising that everyone, everyone gets a bit of that same, yeah. um, I was going to just go back to uh, what Ryan asked because I realised the answer I gave was quite like philosophical and kind of vague or like kind of no like I, I realised that a lot of like the reason that I'm able to get to that conclusion is from um, stuff I've read and like uh, like a, a lot of that is from like Ego's Enemy and stuff like that so it and it might not be that easy to like it's easy to say but it might not be that easy to uh, follow or do to or... just like to yeah to do that so to give a more um, action positive uh, version of like the uh, motivation I think like what we're doing right now uh, like uh, any kind of like um, obstacle like like this uh, year has provided is a good opportunity to adapt and Find a come up with new ways and like get creative like like the, I don't know I don't know any 
other example of what we're doing tonight, actually, now that I think about it. Mm. What other live stream podcast music show is, <laughs> is there? We wouldn't have been doing this if it wasn't for this number year. Number one. Number one. <laughs> yeah, no, number one in the category. Yeah. Because there is no one else. No, but, like, I was even going to say... But, yeah, like, the, I think, like, this is a good example of, like, what, like, yeah, just use, uh, use these obstacles as their own motivation, almost, and, um... Like the podcast in general, like we were saying earlier, but he, but yeah, just like something like this, we wouldn't have done this live stream if it wasn't for this yeah, year. If you were yeah. thinking all that, like the thing is, like if you were, see the funny thing is, is say if say say miraculously twenty twenty one is brilliant. There's no more pandemic. Everyone go out. You now know that you can do this live stream, so that you maybe you will yeah, because you know, all of a sudden you realize that you all can't get together for like yeah. ten months, yeah. but so you think maybe get together in this house for a month. I said that to Aaron too. Like we'll, we'll we'll probably do this next year anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, regardless, if you can go out and if you can get around that, why like, wouldn't you? It's do like this uh, like let, let's make this a thing. We'll see. Is for late late boy show twenty twenty one. But like, I, but I, what I what I was gonna say kind of bring back to the podcast and what yeah. says you're saying about obstacles and stuff is like I had to go personally myself and find ways to get over obstacles of how I was feeling and a part of that was going to a GP part of that is now I'm counselling part mm. of that is I'm in counselling and that is something I had to almost like although I've done it before something I had to find out that I had to do this year and it's something that I had to choose but like I could have just came up with Chris the obstacle and say imagine it like a, a hill in front of me and I could decide to just keep trying to walk into the hill instead of decide to try and climb up it which is me trying to fix myself or get better mentally mm-hmm. and that's how it kind of goes not mentally, mental health wise. Mm. <laughs> and that's kind of how we're going here. Mm. All right, is that okay, Ryan? Is that okay? <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy with that. We... I'm happy because it says name playbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like sex. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, what? Is that what that means? We. <laughs> and we'll wrap up with the sharks in the bathtub. Yeah, uh, should you explain what that means first before, or because yeah. those are my questions? Yeah. Well. You can just explain it briefly, because it's. Well, no. Yeah, I think I can uh, go and do it a little bit. Hmm. Well, it was all just kind of like a, the phrase that came into my head, like of a big fish in a small pond, and then like, just an exaggeration on that of a shark in a bathtub. It made me laugh, and I was like, "Well, here's a song." Yeah, <laughs> and it's something I was thinking about recently because I realized that um, I realized that I will choose a funny lyric over if I if I'm like stuck between two possible lyrics, I will choose the funny one. Mm. But you see, at the same time, you're choosing the one that appeals to you more than the one that you think might appeal. Do you know what I mean? You're still choosing the one that but, uh, you like. But it's even there's one there's a line in uh, the only one too. It's like uh, something about getting out of your head, and it's like. I need to spend more time in bed. Mm. Like, I had another lyric going up against that, too, and I thought the spend more time in bed one was a bit funnier, so I was like, I'll go for that. That's a bit funny, but that's but also more relatable. But I also to... realised that there's uh, there's a vulnerability in that, too. Mm. And it's like, I think humour can be an expression of vulnerability. But humour is also the best form of truth. Well, that's I always love that. That's what I'm trying to uh, say, basically. Like, like, that line was funnier, and, like, that was my rationale, but when I think about it now, it's, like, that's probably what you actually wanted to say, you know, because it's a bit more vulnerable Truthful, and, and, yeah. and true. But, like, even just as a, I think more, like, in a wider philosophical sense of, like, humour and, like, like, when you laugh, even that's quite a a vulnerable, like, it's an, a very unfiltered expression. 
you know, if you if if you see something funny and you laugh at it. And say like you say like say like say like because you are disarmed. Say like we never say we none of us had ever like met or it was one of one of our first times. See, it was one of our first times hanging out. We were watching like a funny movie or something, and you laugh at something. What you're doing in that moment is basically saying, "I find that funny." It's and it's like it's it's like a opportunity to like ex- it's a wee expression of yourself. And it's like mm-hmm. if you never met someone before or you're just met and they laugh at something, you can be like, "Okay, they find this." You know, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like yeah. yeah. There's also a common ground to that because if you find something funny with people, because if you say you're being open to vulnerable people and then they all find it funny, then that's almost like an open vulnerability. But it's more of like a socially accepted one. Because yeah. it's it's seen as like okay to laugh, but the thing is, as you're saying, is because because if you do laugh, but it's like if you it, compare that's... compare laughter to like crying, they're both like involuntary expressions of an emotion. Mm. But like, the thing is, but crying is a crying is something that people would yeah. hold back. But I always yeah, remember, I always remember finding funny because I was chatting to friend Freya. Freya obviously she said the funny thing about crying is is that if you see a woman cry, um because women are more likely to cry it's taken that seriously but if you see a man cry every single person will take that seriously there's because, nothing uh, because there's it's such because it's such a because because if a man cries it's seen as there must be something wrong because if he yeah. if he has to break down almost the social norms of what is going on mm-hmm. if he can't even hold that in then there must be something really serious and, and I always the, thought that was a very the, interesting the, concept the, or idea the, fl- the flip of that is like a, a really angry woman I think like, like that's actually quite true because an angry man would be more like you know the whole man punches a yeah. fucking hole in a wall is like a huh, male fragility but if a woman does but it, when you like, see like a woman like vehemently like stand up for a point or whatever it's like that's almost like it's oh. like the, whatever goes against your like what? this task work huh angry woman or he worked in Tesco I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about Karen's here I'm talking about like Right. More of like a genuine like expl- ex- um, exploration of emotion, like but like the thing is like because you see if one uh, the way I would put it actually be perfectly is if uh, we had a couple of women here and they started crying we'd be like oh no the times yeah drunk. right but if but if they got drunk but well, no no woman hang around with us but if but if they, if they got angry we'd be like maybe Damn next year it could be the lady boy if, and woman if, too if, 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 uh, if we started crying. We'd be more like, oh shit, the There's man's crying. Yeah. And then if we got angry, we'd be like, cop on. Yeah. Which would be the difference, which is actually, mm. that's actually a really interesting idea because yeah, it would be the flip. So it's a man to cry and a woman to get angry would actually probably be the kind of, the opposite of a, Yeah, it might not be, gender a, angry might norm. be not the right thing, but... I know what you but mean. You know it's, what still, I mean. it's still more of an aggression. It's, it's more likely for a man to be aggressive than a woman, but it's yeah. also more likely for a woman to be emotional than, say, a man. So then you have the it's like, cause, So that cause if a man is way, emotional, yeah. then it seems weird. Yeah. And if a man and a woman is aggressive, it seems weird. Because I'm thinking of, like, a, just when you're talking about like a, a crying man, it's like uh, at the Ricky Gervais show, Afterlife. That was one of the most, like, the, like whenever you see, like a, especially like that, like a middle-aged man, like, crying, it's just like... Oh. It's like it's so. It it's does, so there is something fucking like it's like, oh, it's like not <laughs> supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> a grown man crying is like a fucking. It's, it's something. But but you see, it's because it's, it, it's because you're it's because that's not supposed to happen. That's what yeah. it is. Is you're like no, that's wrong. It seems like naturally wrong because you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be not crying. Doesn't Brian Fallon have a tattoo on his neck saying like you made me cry? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's covered in tattoos. Yeah. So who the fuck knows? What a <laughs> what a tattoo! That, that's fucking. Yeah. That's pretty mm. pretty badass. What a pussy! But you see, <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's funny. But you see, that's funny because that's the main thing. But then the thing is, like, is that whole thing is like, is it really stronger to cry? Because if you're willing, because that's that's such yeah, a vulnerable yeah. state. Vulnerable, yeah. I've also cried loads of times. Yeah. This man's definitely seen me cry loads of times. I'm oh, a bitch. Cry. <laughs> but um, I have. A lot of times, I think on, on the podcast with Patty. Oh, that's right! I meant to give Patty a shout out because he uh, he really wanted he really wanted to. He was really looking forward to watching. Then he realized he had to go had to go out on a date with the wife. Mm. Oh, what a hard life but, he leads! I was <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah. So what's crack, Patty? Q ninety studios. Give him a give him a look up. But uh, yeah, on the podcast with him, we like. I recommended like things that made me cry. <laughs> it's like, it was like, oh, you like to cry, do you? It's like, check these things out. I had a good cry at these these I was, movies. <laughs> I was actually gonna say just even that's French off. Is that Frey did her undergrad on um, it was actually a male rights in the modern world, and it was considered uh, the kind of first one she did. But she did love like um, British male male males in Donegal. But she did, she was supposed to do men that didn't know each other, but there was one uh, kind of focus group, let's say, that she did, and she had to transcribe everything and study it. And, but whenever she did it, it was me, Al Callahan, Oshin, Dean, and oh, I can't, Liam, right? So we all know each other because we're pretty good friends. And she was saying that was interesting. So one of the questions, so she had like a list of like, say, 10 questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions she asked was like, you know, when's the last time you cried? And me and Ashin and Liam and Niall, because we all know each other, we actually talked about it. I said, uh, you know, like, last time I cried. Last time I was on my period, am I right, guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but this is what I found, this is what I found interesting. It was Freya, Freya said, like, I said, like, uh, fucking Ashin said when his grandmother died, Liam said I cried when this happened. Mm. I can't remember, I said I cried whenever, I think it had been broken up or something like this. But uh, Freya Freya had done it with um, a bunch of five guys that never met each other, and she was like, when's the last time we cried? And one guy like venomously just fucking without a doubt said he'd never cried before in his life like he genuinely said even as a baby wow. I'd never cried and like we all, we all know that that's not true <laughs> but he refused oh, to wow. say ever that he cried and I was like what? fucking hell like that's a bit extreme like like he, was, like, like, he was, like, he was, like, he was, like... What a fucking was, pussy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. But he was, like, no, no, no. He was, like, no, no. He was, like, even as a baby, I didn't cry or anything like that. And you're, like, what are you trying to prove here? You can at least say he cries a fucking baby, man. Like, maybe he didn't say cry from five years old. Like, come on. Like, just not. But he was, like... Came no. out of the womb. Just yeah, just came out of the crib being, like, exactly what? Like what do you want? What? Yeah. What? I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Spike me, pussy. Yeah, I'm fucking, like, what do you want? Like, uh... Yeah. And on that note... And on that note, sharks in the bathtub. <laughs> Don't forget, you're a shark, and 2020 is just a shitty bathtub. Oh, yeah! <laughs> With no water. <laughs> Thanks for watching, sticking around, and... Uh, Catch us in people in MySpace. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Well, we'll be here before New Year. <laughs> <laughs>
beer and the taste of ash in my mouth. Now this place has ever given me one stop. Both people and opinions, I'd be better off without. Why the hell am I still here? Never get out. And this is our fucking battle Podcast, Spotify. Mm-hmm.